First things first, we hope everyone had an awesome Father's Day yesterday. On to the show. Afternoon, Cash. Afternoon, Zach. It's Friday, so it's not our normal day. I thought we should let everybody know that we are recording this a little early, so if you do hear some news on Saturday or Sunday, uh, it will not be in this episode. (laughs) And uh, we're sorry about that, but life happens sometimes and you gotta do things a little bit early. But I do want to say, how dare you besmirch the great name of Fry Yay, all right? We are happy people at this podcast. I don't know what you just said. Was it, was that Spanglish or was that? It, it, it is. The weekend is here. It's Friday. I am ready to gibberish. have some fun. Oh, gibberish no. is what I just heard. Maybe you should listen to me on air more. All right. <laughs> that, that is, I have Friday Eve and Friday. It is difficult to look at you right now and listen to this, but I don't know. Why don't you just tell me how your week was instead of telling us about this gibberish? All righty. Well, it, it was a little bit different as we talked about last week and everything. I told people I was going to a new job. And when you actually quit a job, you been at for six years it's a little weird you're waiting for like a tv show moment you know where the camera pans and like everyone feels sad but that's not life were you expecting like a line of people outside to give you hugs and kisses on the cheek or something a little bit you know i was a valued employee you know i was the best at what i could do but it's just weird when you know you leave a place for most likely the last time and you just try to soak it all up in I, i don't know you know, I've you know, I've left two jobs as a as a school teacher from one place to another. Mm-hmm. And you know, the beautiful thing is you had this disconnect or the sever because there's a summer. You know what I mean? Like okay, you leave yeah. for the summer so and like you go home. Kind of you just, just don't go back to that building. Yeah. And so, like you're talking about, it, unless there's a bunch of teachers that are like, oh, oh God, please don't go, Coach Sims, which has <laughs> never, never happened. happened. <laughs> no, never, more, never. More like your car's already packed. Yeah, really. We all filled. We up. actually got your crack last <laughs> week. You know, if you didn't notice, while your room was kind of empty. Yeah. You know? But no, anyway, I, I get what you're saying. There's a part of, I think, everybody who wants to feel like they're going to be missed. Absolutely. There's something there or, or a little resemblance of that as you're making your exit. People want that. They want that. Not so much you want an applause like you're leaving the stage. No. But you do want to have something that makes you feel like they are going to miss that I'm not in that spot right now. You and know? like you romanticize so many things and you see it happen in movies that you just think it's going to happen. But then you're just like, oh, life just keeps moving forward. Time moves on. and. That's what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, just going through that and then my nephews are in town. That's one of the reasons why we're recording this tonight. And I'm just excited to be absolutely worn out and realize why I don't have kids yet. (laughs) And speaking Uh, of which, how did that birthday party go? Did you go down the slide? Ah, man. First, say thank you to iBounce, man. Jeremy over there, the slide was awesome. Went ahead and got that 22-footer. My big butt did go down it. And let me tell you, I hit that wall. (laughs) I didn't know if that I didn't know if that vinyl was going to hold, no. Jack. Let me go ahead and tell you. You know, I'm going to go ahead and say vinyl one. Big Sims here zero, but it was blast. My kids got on it for hours. They let us keep it for a few extra hours. The guys that came by and cleaned it up were fantastic. It was the actually the owner's brother and his daughter. Good deal. Uh, great fella. Uh, great daughter. They came out and had a great conversation. You know, they didn't leave a place a mess. They were very professional. Hey, 
you know, that's all you can ask for. Um, so I really appreciate them. We had a great slide. And then, you know, talking about the week, I spent my entire week uh, starting my side hustle. You know, believe mm. it or not, I mean, you could say podcast is a side hustle, but it's really not. It's more of a passion. But I also do mural painting. I've actually been a professional artist for over 20 years. You have been. I, I remember helping you. And by helping, I mean picking up the cans because I couldn't be trusted to paint. <laughs> no. But some of the artwork you did at the high school fields. That's right. You know, I've been uh, painting sports fields for a long time. Did some pretty amazing stuff at DeSoto Central back in the day in several fields around here. And uh, right now I'm currently working in a few uh, locations uh, that I can discuss more in July. Um, doing some murals, some large scale stuff. Uh, a couple of them are like over 20 by 50 long, which is I mean, pretty impressive. I'm pretty excited about them. And so uh, we got it started on that. And so that's kind of my uh, my summer hustle. And my son is joining <laughs> me for it, which is fantastic. So does he actually do some work with it? Or is it more like me picking up and uh, kind of supervising? He is definitely sure. the gopher. But also, <laughs> you know, like I will paint a line and say paint inside of this a color. And he mm-hmm. does a fantastic job. He's learning some tips and tricks, uh, you know, how to properly hold a brush, how to properly apply paint so you don't make drips and stains and mistakes and stuff. And so... It's a great little father-son, you know, teaching moments. And he's just a great sport. He's just a great kid. Like I said, I've said many times before, I'm truly, truly blessed. Uh, he's just, you know, it's, it's fantastic. The best way you can train him how to paint is by giving him a wall and then just redoing that and then just doing one solid coat, you know, then making sure he gets that second coat through. Well, yeah, there's a big difference <laughs> in somebody who just paints a wall. You can actually oh, no. throw paint against it and just keep rolling on it and it's going to be fine. It's quite a bit different when you're adding specific colors in different locations. Oh, I'm, I'm just trying to give you a free painting room because that is one of the things I cannot send. You couldn't pay me enough money to paint a wall. You really couldn't. Uh, I hear you. Well, you know, luckily my son, he's pretty intuitive. And so he wouldn't fall for that unless he was, like I said, unless he's getting paid, which is how it goes. You know, but And speaking of painting, there's a lot of great houses in the areas that no longer need a fresh painted coat because they're being sold. Well, I can tell you this. The market is so tight and so hot that... I feel for anybody who's in the buying and selling market right now. We've got friends. You know, we had an interview with Coach Miller the other day. Mm-hmm. He went. To, he it took him over twenty different tries to find a house where they are going. Uh, I've got another person who's trying to sell a house. They made the mistake of trying to do for sale by owner. It has had but nothing but catastrophic effects on them. Now they're ten thousand in the hole because of mistakes, a contract error that they, they thought they were going to be able to pull off the internet and use, and that <laughs> ended up being Im- a disaster. I could not imagine being ten uh, k in the hole in this market right oh, now. It, it, it's it's unbelievable. I felt sorry for him. You yeah. know, I, I get it. And he was trying to get a ten thousand dollar bonus by not using a realtor and doing things, and it folded, and it just it was just a bad situation. And uh, the person caught him on it, and. Uh, you know, now he's got the house back and it's his and he's got a $10,000 gap, you know, and so it's unfortunate. And so guys, like we tell you all the time, you need to be trusting a great realtor or a realtor team and there's nobody better. And that's Brian Couch. Uh, we have said it over and over that this market is beyond tight. It's beyond competitive and you need the guy who's the best. Their team is ranked nationally. They've been number one in DeSoto County almost four years in a row. Uh, there's nobody better. They have great notoriety and they have great professionalism. They're a full service realtor company. This is not a part-time gig or their second hustle. And, you know, not something you just, you know, you call and hope you get somebody the next couple of days. They're going to take care of you, right? Um, and you really want somebody who's got this kind of clout to be behind you when it comes to this kind of situation when it's just so difficult, just so difficult. And so I think you really need to check them out, guys. This is teamcouch.com. And right now, if you talk to them, they will give you a free market analysis if you're possibly going to sell your home. Uh, If you're even just thinking about it, why not go ahead and call them out? Give them a feel. You know, just figure out, hey, is this the kind of realtor I want to work with? Is this the team I want to do? See what they say about your house. 
What have you got to lose? It's completely free. You get to see how professional they are. You get to see what your house is worth. And you get to see, is this the right move for me? And guess what? I can tell you now, you won't be disappointed. Go call them. Their phone number is 662-449-1700. And remember, that is also at teamcouch.com. Now it's time for our motivational message, and this one's about when you hit that brick wall and you don't think you can go any further. This is what's going to give you that little extra oomph to get through it to make sure you don't quit. It'd be one thing if life was like NASCAR. When you only have one lap left, they wave the white flag to let you know this is the last one. This is it. If you can make it around here, your race is done. But life doesn't wave a white flag. So then we wave our white flag, not even knowing that just around the next turn, just around the next sacrifice, just if you can make it through this season, just if you don't give up in this trial, see, the reason you can't stop is because you might be so close. Wouldn't it be a shame for you to quit when you're this close? Wouldn't it be a shame for you to walk away when you've come this far? Wouldn't it be horrible for you to bail out when you're just this close to victory? You can't walk by what you see. You can't give up because it doesn't feel good. You can't let people talk you out of it. You can't let your emotions stop you from moving forward. Keep believing, keep moving, keep marching, keep crawling, keep inching. This might be the day, this might be the one. All right, guys, this week we had an alderman meeting on Tuesday, and as always, Cash did his excellent reporting in person, and he's got some great notes for us. Cash, what do you got? This one was a little bit different. It had a special air in it because this was going to be the last time that this board was meeting all together since Mayor Phillips is stepping down from mayor. And Alderman Gil Earhart had uh, so many kind words to say about him and everything that he's been able to do. And he got to say this before the prayer was said, and it was just a special moment. Good for Gil. You know, I mean, I think Mayor Phillips has done a good job for his last two terms. Uh, I know this was his last meeting. And so it's nice that some of the aldermen recognize that. I know that in other places I have heard horror stories where some of the aldermen were like, adios, deuces, <laughs> you know, like you were talking about earlier. You know, there was no line of shaking hands or anything like that. They were happy to see you gone, and your foot was hitting you on the backside out the door. You know what I mean? So no, kudos all, to the ball. Yeah, all the aldermen got up. We had a standing ovation for Scott Phillips, and I, it was a special moment. It really was. Awesome. That made the first thing on the agenda, the Woods Trade Center subdivision. And this is kind of a two-part ruling. What they had to do was make it from C2 to M2. Now, the majority of this plot is already M2. So it's just making that little bit right behind that strip of restaurants, you know, the cookout, Waffle House, and all that oh, right yeah, there. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, they're making that M2, which is just making it more of a subdivision and making it a little bit easier for them to do the development they have to finish it off. All they did was they did unanimously accept it as M2, and they're making it to where an industrial building can be there for the neighborhood, make it a little bit easier, and then the access road right there off of Nicholas, and there's going to be a barrier separating it from the Whispering Woods Hotel. The next thing on the agenda was proposing a one-lot subdivision on the corner of Airport Drive and Terminal Drive. This is all because the owner of the land already has the plot there, already has the building and all the necessities. He just wants to make it a towing company, and this is the best way for them to do it. The planning commission had already been out there and even waived that he needed to make a sidewalk for it. 
because everything was just already set and they kind of want to get his towing company up and running. All he has to do is make his two driveways completely paved. You can't have gravel going into a business or on a business. He already has all the beautification necessaries. This was approved unanimously. Well, that's easy. You know, it sounds like it was a no-brainer to me. Yeah, and I mean, th- those are the things you like to see in these kind of meetings. Absolutely. The next thing that was brought up was the Allendale subdivision. And one of the huge things that blew my mind is they want to make 50 single-family lots on 10.9 acres. I'll pump your brakes here. Hold on a second. Did you just say 50 lots? 50 on- lots. On 10.9 acres. Well, I mean, we can round up to 11, you know, try to make it a little bit better. You're, you're blowing my mind here. Cash, I live on more than 11 acres, and you cannot put 50 houses on my spot. Not 50 of your houses, but we can put 50 single lot families no, right No, you there. could put 60, 50 shoeboxes on here <laughs> and call it with a yard maybe, but... Well, Are I you mean, kidding me? No, because don't forget we're going to have three common open spaces and a nice little public right-of-way for driving to make it a little bit easier. So even less, including, <laughs> including streets and everything. Yeah, wow. Please tell me that the Alderman meeting kind of went sideways with this kind of proposal. It, it did, but not necessarily for the reasons that you would expect because Allendale already has about 198 lots in it, and it's not that big. This is right behind Maywood. If you know the oh, area that I know I'm talking, exactly about. What you're talking about. So, yeah, I mean, these are a lot of kind small of smaller starter homes. homes. Yeah. And like, it just makes it hard. But, I mean, we've already been talking with Mayor-elect Ken Adams and a few other people. There's not that much place for development. But and also, what the, yeah, and what the current city was, mm-hmm. now the new, yes, I, you're correct. I so, remember what you're talking about. Yeah, so it's a little bit unfortunate because I myself do not like a lot of the small houses, but there is a need for housing in the area. So what did the alderman say? There was a lot of contention and there was a lot of passion going in this. Again, a lot from Gil because he was worried that the pond that is sitting right there that kind of connects the two neighborhoods, the Maywood and Allendale, it's had a lot of holes in it. Its filtration isn't good for silt. And a lot of things that if more construction came in, that pond would continue to overflow and we'd be looking at a travesty. I've seen several ponds where the silt system is just a complete failure and it just ends up becoming a mud wash and everybody suffers for it around it. So that's what what they're talking about? That is exactly what they were talking about. And this is actually tabled indefinitely until they come up with a solution to fix the silt filtration in this pond. Well, good for uh, Gil. I think that's great. You know, why, why make things worse if the proper infrastructure is not there to handle it? Exactly. And then hopefully, I doubt it's going to end up that we get a few smaller lots because, I mean, they're already packed in there like sardines. We're going to post a photo of this neighborhood so everyone can see what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. It looks like a bunch of dots, which those are actually lots. <laughs> it's, it's just unreal. Unreal. But it was tabled indefinitely, so we will keep you up to date on what happens with this neighborhood. The next two topics we are going to talk about are updates on some things that we've heard in previous alderman meetings. The first of which is Keister Drive and if the city is going to overtake it and they unanimously accepted it because the road is currently rated as a three and they're even going to install a sidewalk that is going to allow people to get from Blocker Street all the way to Chickasaw Road. Now, remind me, Cash, the three is on a zero to five scale, so three is kind of middle of the road, correct? Kind of middle of the road. It needed a little bit of patchwork that the city's already going to be working on, and they've already done work on the road, so it just made sense for them to take it over. Now, this also is the same situation where this is the city taking over a school property road, yes. correct? Other cities have done this, like South Haven with the Soto Central and Central Parkway, and it's been done in Lake Cormorant before. Well, that's good. That's good. Well, it's good to know that the city will be taking care of it. It takes a little bit of the burden off the schools. Uh, maybe that money that the schools were using it could work towards education is what you and I both really want to see. Absolutely. 
And the last thing that we want to talk about is a little bit of an update on the water filtration under the city out near Old Town with a lot of the clay pipes. And they're going to be redone and some are even just going to be taken out in completely brand new pipes. Again, more good infrastructure. Uh, It's good to see the city taking care of business on this stuff. And hopefully this means more good improvements for Old Town. I'm right there with you. It's just going to cost a good bit of money. They are currently in the preliminary stages and it looks like it's going to cost $1.6 million, 25% of which the city will be on the hook for. And that's roughly $400,000. Cash, thanks for that reporting on the Auburn meeting. It's good to see our city moving in a positive direction. Guys, if you uh, need a career that's in more of a positive direction than your current career, maybe you need to check out Michael Hatcher & Associates. Right now, they have several job openings at multiple different levels. They have account managers, estimators, a project manager, foreman, irrigation techs, a mechanic, and several entry-level crew members. I believe most of these positions starting pay with zero experience, $14 to $15 an hour. They have great benefits, retirement, and you can buy stock into the company after working there for a short period of time. It is a fantastic place to work, especially if you want to get some sunshine on your back and see things being beautified. Go check out their website right now. That's HatcherLandscape.com. Or you can call Gabby at 662-755-3207 and she can walk you through the process as well as let you know what kind of positions are currently available and can set up your interview ASAP if you are serious about making a change. So go ahead, make a bet on yourself and get a career for life. All right, guys, it's now to our news section. And we've got some big news out of South Haven, kind of, but it's also going to affect our people here of Olive Branch. An agreement has been reached with the city and the DeSoto County Convention and Visitors Bureau, which is short CVB, to manage the Bank Plus Amphitheater there at Snowden Grove. This partnership gives control of over 10,000 seats at the Lander Center and more than 9,000 at the Bank Plus Amphitheater. Our own Michael Hatcher says it will afford more buying power in a very competitive market. In the announcement, it was noted that the City of South Haven plans major improvements to the facility with what was termed construction for concession stand and a VIP experience, as well as installation of reserve seating to replace the majority of the general admission lawn space that is currently there. Now, I know this is all kind of South Havenish, but this is the most popular amphitheater of all DeSoto County and is literally on the border of Olive Branch. Thus, we thought it was very important as it is part of the entertainment package of where we live. I couldn't agree more, obviously, since I do a lot of work there with the radio station, all of the concerts that we have. And I got to say, I'm a little saddened by this because I love having all the food trucks there, getting something a little bit different besides necessarily concession stand food and walking up to all the beer vendors because sometimes you can get cheaper at one than the other. <laughs> but course. also, I love the lawn seats. Like Even though we usually get a little bit of those hard plastic seating right there, There's something about bringing your own chair, sitting with friends, and sitting up in the lawn. So knowing that that's going to get replaced, it hurts a little. I I get that because it kind of gives it that small hometown feel a little bit. You know, I know, and I know that's cliche now. You know, but you know, the reality of it is, is if you want to be competitive, I get this. Mm -hmm. You know, because you know as well as I do, if being able to have reserved seating and people know where they're going to sit, and there's no no contention or hostility or just the doubt that you'll yep. be able to find a good place to sit because it's just generalized admission, uh, you're going to put more butts in seats. It's going to guarantee more money. Uh, this is going to be better for the people who come. Uh, I can see the business side of it being very effective, but yes, that is the downside is you get to lose a little bit of that hometown feel, no, the backyard I, feel, as you want to call it. And I think you're absolutely right. It's being able to tell an artist, we can guarantee this as a sellout versus well, general admissions, you know, you could potentially have 13,000 people. Yeah. Or you possible. could just take the guaranteed 9,000 at probably even more yeah. money. Or you could be playing for grass. You know? <laughs> so it is how it goes. But 
Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I think it's going to be something good for the entire area. Guys, our next thing is, did you know that Lewisburg is getting a new middle school? It is currently under construction right there on Highway 305, just south of I-69. Believe it or not, we think the building is going to be complete by August. We are, have our fingers crossed. Now, is there a way that schools, I don't want to say slipping extra money to make sure something gets done on time, but I've never seen a school not get done on time. Well, I can just tell you this. If anything has got government money attached to it, that's a <laughs> negative ghostwriter. But if you go to DeSoto County News and check out our OBPI contributor, Bob Bakken's article, he has a great little segment on it, and I highly suggest everybody to go read it. Now we have a little bit more fun as we are huge animal lovers and we wanted to let you know that DeSoto County has several great animal shelters and along with that comes plenty of kittens and puppies. But right now we are having an influx of them so we need people to go out and adopt these beautiful, lovable, adorable creatures. Guys, I'm not kidding. My wife and I, Cash, are like huge animal lovers. If you ever hear about me getting arrested or in jail, there's a good chance it's because I saw somebody abusing an animal or doing something wrong with an animal. I'm liable to lose my cookies over anything <laughs> like that. Uh, but I can do tell you is that uh, the shelters around here are overran with adorableness. Mm-hmm. The bottom line. And so if you're ever just slightly considered the idea of going to get a puppy, a kitten, or just a cat, a dog, an animal that needs a good home, I'm a firm believer in that a dog that is getting picked up from the pound, a shelter or something like that, it knows it's being rescued, ends up being some of the best pets, best animals in your entire life. Uh, I know this from personal experience. Uh, I highly encourage you to go out there, give it a shot, give them a good home. What can go wrong? And the best part about it right now is there's so many of them that there's so many different personalities. You're going to be able to find one that you gel with and ensure that not only are you giving it a better home, but it's making your life better. A bit of news we want to let you know about is the Olive Branch Chamber of Commerce presenting Mayor Phillips with its Jack McCauley Award during its June monthly luncheon at the Whispering Woods Hotel. The McCauley Award is given by the Chamber in honor of the man who actually helped start the local business organization. That's pretty impressive. Um, congratulations to Mayor Phillips. Um, it's good that they're talking about our good local business like that. And guys, if you're also looking for another local business that does some amazing cleaning, we can highly recommend DeSoto Cleaning. Brian and his crew specialize in tile and grout, hardwood, and steam cleaning carpet. They do everything from disaster restoration up to new construction. There is truly no one better in all of DeSoto County, especially Olive Branch. They have over 17 years of experience and they handle everything so professional. You cannot find a better company. I ask you to go check them out as well as mention OB Pod to get 15% off. Or if you are an educator, a first responder, or in the military or have military experience, he'll also do a 20% discount. Check him out on Facebook at DeSoto Cleaning. You'll see some great videos and all the ways to contact Brian. You will not be disappointed. Guys, next bit of news is the annual fireworks show for Olive Branch will be taking place on Friday, July 2nd at the Olive Branch Park. That is not on the Sunday the 4th, but actually on the Friday the 2nd. And just like every year, this will be a fun event, which will be starting at 4 p.m. And we'll go on to the fireworks shoot off, which is roughly around 9.15. Make sure you keep an appetite because they are going to have activities and food trucks on site to make sure everybody has a great experience. And it really is a fun time. I go to these every year with the radio station. There's usually a lot of live music. Kids are running around having fun. And you can get there later sometimes if it's a little hot in the day and you don't want to be there necessarily for the full five hours. But you won't regret it if you are. 
Yes. And now, guys, if you are a fireworks junkie, we'll give you a little extra. Horn Lake will be doing theirs on Saturday, and South Haven will be doing theirs on Sunday. And why don't you email us at theobpodcast at gmail.com and let us know which of the three cities did a better job with their fireworks. And I'm not saying this to toot Olive Branch's own horn or everything, but I do typically go to all three of them. And I will say Olive Branch always has the best because of the view, everything that's going on. It's fully inclusive. Then Horn Lake and South Haven. So I'm interested to see if it's going to repeat that way this year. Very interesting. In some sad news out of Lewisburg, former baseball player Michael McField passed away in a car accident Thursday afternoon around 1 p.m. on Pleasant Hill Road. Friends, family, and people of the community, including teachers and administrators, decided to have a gathering at Lewisburg Baseball Field where they shared stories and remembered Michael for the great man that he was. We would like to give condolences to Michael's family and all of his friends and relatives on this very tragic loss. We'd like to say congratulations to Athletic Director for DeSoto County Schools, Anthony Jenkins. My former head football coach when I played high school at Hernando was just inducted into the MAC Hall of Fame, which stands for Mississippi Association of Coaches, which is a great honor. He achieved this by having a stellar coaching career of over 35 years. Again, congrats, Coach Jenkins. Guys, our last bit of news is is that if you haven't seen it all over Facebook and, of course, your local news, Edelbrock LLC is planning to relocate its administrative office to the building already operated out of Hacks Crossroad. This is a massive investment for the company at the tune of $14.4 million. And they are planning to create over 200 new jobs while maintaining 90 current jobs. And this is over the next three-year period. Bravo. A lot of companies could say like, hey, we're going to create 200 new jobs and then get rid of all the old jobs. And so it's not really that 200. Yeah. But to maintain the 90 and then add 200 on top of that, bravo. You know, that, that's the kind of things that we need. This is great news for the city. Guys, now this means that they're going to have over 200 potential families, individuals, whatever, looking for a place to live or stay. So if maybe you have a house that you was bequeathed to you, or maybe it's one of your own rental properties, or you just live in one that has a lot of rough edges around it, and you maybe you were considering uh, fixing it up to sell it because the market's so hot, and maybe you just this is the time to go ahead and just get rid of it fast because, hey, we've got a lot of buyers coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you need to check out Rodman Properties. If you go to their website, it's ibuydesoto.com. They buy houses of all different types of conditions. They really want to specialize in the house that maybe needs a little work and the owner just doesn't want to fool with it. And they turn around and renovate the homes to improve the community, improve the neighborhood which they're in. A lot of times they resell them or they turn them into nice rental properties, which they screen all the renters. So it's not one of those things where you're thinking, oh, my God, it's going to turn into a crack house or a a shack (laughs) that has 60 cars in front of it. No. This is ran by an amazing couple, which is Abby and Spence Robin. They do a fantastic job. You can look at their testimonies. You can look at their website and see all their popular houses and cases and everything else they've done in the past. Trust me, this is a good company to work for. It's not one of those little signs on the road that says we buy houses fast for cash and all that kind of stuff that you can't trust anything. This is truly a local, honest, and steady company that's been doing this for years and has nothing but a 100% success rate. This is where you want to check out. Go check out iBuyDeSoto.com. Now that we got all that out of the way, we do want to educate people and make them feel like they're leaving a little bit smarter. So, Zach, go ahead and let us know about that fact of the week. That's right, Cash. The fact of the week is brought to you by the DeSoto County Museum, which is located on Commerce Street in Hernando, right across from the Area 51 Ice Cream Shop. The curator is Rob Long. 
And he is very generous to give us this info each and every week. I think you need to show your appreciation by possibly going down there and giving this place a look. They have great exhibits that have an amazing history for the entire county, not even just Olive Branch. So our fact of the week is, did you know that Olive Branch had a theater in Old Town in the 50s and 60s? It was actually known as the Joy Theater. It was widely popular then as every Saturday it would air shoot 'em up westerns in the morning starring such actors as John Wayne and Dean Martin. And then in the evening, it showed beach movies starring Frankie Avalon and Annette Funicello. What a time. Are you kidding me? There's nothing better to me than sitting down and watching a nice Western film, especially the duels and the shootouts. This is what me and my dad started bonding over. I know what you mean. Like every time I go to my in-law's house, my father-in-law, he has gun smoke on, oh, you know, and believe it or not, one of his, I think one of his movies is Rio Bravo <laughs> and this was made in 1959. And so, so I'm, I've got a tune with a lot of those old classic mm-hmm. Westerns. I never got into the beach movies, you know? Yeah. I, we, we can pass on the beach movies or I mean, are we talking about Top Gun? Yeah. A little bit of that. Does that count as a beach movie? <laughs> no. a, little, a little Tom Cruise or something yeah, going no, on? No, that's not it. But <laughs> yeah, those old Westerns, you know, uh, I love them. You know, yeah, it's my favorite genre. Like I didn't necessarily like the newest Magnificent Seven, but it was fun and it was a good remake. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you keep that opinion, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Rob, thanks again, Rob. Great fact. Uh, you know, I really want to go down there and kind of check out the building. I know it's changed what it's been several mm-hmm. times, so it's not there anymore. But we are going to post a picture on Facebook of what the theater looked like back in 1959. So be checking that out on our Facebook feed. Now, guys, that is going to be the end of our intro. And we have an amazing show. Now, Cash did an amazing job with the first segment. It's a crazy kind of story that he does in a first-person account. Nice little acting job, even though it's audio, because you, <laughs> you do only have the face for radio. Anyway, we also have an interview with a coaching legend in our sports section, as well as one of our fun debates that's going to be towards the end of the episode. We hope you enjoy. Do you think you're paying too much for insurance or you're tired of not actually getting an agent when you call? I think it might be time to switch to the home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Josh McIntyre is our local agent and supports our schools, our local businesses, community, and even takes care of all of our insurance needs. That's home, life, and auto. Give him a call today, 662-893-5250, or visit him at his office at 6901 Cockrum Road, which is Highway 305. So we found a story that we wanted to share, but we didn't know how we wanted to go about it. And we figured one of the best ways to do it would be through a nice little auditory story. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy. My dad died. It's the classic start to a funny story. He was buried in a small village in Sussex. I was really close to my dad, and I visited his grave a lot, and I still do. But one thing that I would always do when I went to visit him was I would take some flowers. And my mom, who loved him very much, would do the same thing. And my grandparents were still alive, so you know what they did? That's right, they went, visited my dad's grave, and left a lot of flowers. So my dad's grave frequently resembled what looked like a third place at the Chelsea Flower Show. And this is just a beautiful bouquet of flowers everywhere in nicely done arrangements. And with as good as that made me feel, I felt bad because the guy buried right next to my dad never had any flowers. This person died on Christmas Day and was only 37 years old. How does he not have any flowers? How is there no one left around that loves this person enough to come visit and bring some flowers? So I started buying him flowers. 
And I know how this sounds. I'm buying a deceased person I've never met before flowers just because I feel bad that he never has any. And I did this for quite some time and I never mentioned it to anyone. It was just a nice little private joke with myself and I'm making the world a better place. I'm adding some beautification to a cemetery and you always want to see that. Wondered if there was a hidden connection between us, something secretly drawing me to him. Maybe we went to the same school. Possibly we played for the same football club or whatever. I just had to know. So I did what any other person would do. I Googled his name and bam, within 10 seconds, I found him. I knew who this secret person was. And I realized why he had no one leaving him flowers. He murdered them all. That's right, his wife wasn't coming and leaving him any flowers because he murdered her on Christmas Day. And after he murdered his wife, he murdered her parents as well. And then he did the only thing he thought he could and jumped in front of the only oncoming train through Balcombe Tunnel that Christmas night. That was why no one ever left him flowers. No one except me, of course. I left him flowers. I left him flowers every couple of weeks for two and a half years. Now, I am feeling terrible, like the worst person on this earth. I am leaving flowers for a deceased person who murdered his entire family along with his wife's family. And I don't know what to do. So I do the only thing I can think of. I look to see where she is buried, and I look to see where her parents are buried so I can go leave them some flowers. After I find out, I board the train, and I head over to that cemetery. And as I'm standing there mumbling some apologies because I definitely don't want to be saying this out loud and get caught. Somebody comes and taps on me and asks me why I'm leaving her aunt and her grandparents some flowers. And that's it. I'm stuck. I'm frozen. I do the only thing I can in this awkward moment and start telling her exactly what happened and how I was leaving her uncle a lot of flowers, even though he definitely didn't deserve them. And she said, well, that's definitely weird, but it is quite sweet. I said, thanks. And yes, it definitely is weird, but it's the only thing I could think. So do you mind if I can take you out for a drink? And for some reason, she said yes. But not only did she say it then, she said it two years later after I asked her to marry me. And that is how I met my wife. Are you tired of an unimpressive lawn or need some help from a local professional to get your yard the way you want it? Look no further than Master Lawn for your weed control and fertilizing needs. Master Lawn has been serving the Olive Branch community and surrounding areas for over 25 years and is ready to add you to their long list of satisfied customers. Contact them today for a free quote through their website, www.masterlawninc.com or call 901-250-0873. Hi, guys and gals. I got a special guest today, more of a special friend and a former co-worker. That is Miss Carrie Matthews. Carrie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Doing better now that I'm talking with you. Ah, well, I appreciate that. I really, really do. Now, <laughs> now, Carrie, I brought you on the show. I know I had to twist your arm pretty good to get you to come on because this, this isn't your jam, but I think people need to know about you, uh, what you've done for the school systems around here, your career. And so can people can really understand that there is another element to the county when it comes to sports and competition uh, that you have been fostering for years and have developed many great athletes and prosperous futures. And so can you tell the listener what you have been coaching for the last, oh, I guess, what, eight, nine years now? Just finished year eight, uh, coaching the dance team over at Center Hill High School. Oh, that is awesome. Now, please explain to the listener 
What is dance, and is there more than one category? Oh, well, dance and cheer are both your spirit squads. Uh, Almost all of the schools in DeSoto County have a dance and a cheer program now, and they compete at the state level, and then they also compete at nationals. But there are several categories. So you've got hip-hop, which is what we currently do, and we also do game day. And game day is a... um, kind of a combination of everything that you would do during a game. So it's uh, your what you do on your sidelines, what you would do at halftime, things like that. But then there are also divisions for Palm, which we've competed in in years past. And then there's also Kick, which I think our very first few years, like 2007, 2008, I think Center Hill actually competed in Kick. Uh, and then there's jazz, which is another division that I don't think we have ever competed in. I appreciate the explanation. Now, when you say compete, and I know a lot of listeners like myself when I first heard this, are we talking about like we just get together with other schools locally, do a competition, or is this truly like you go through divisions, go all the way to the state, win state titles, can you go farther than that? What is the hierarchy when it comes to these competitions? Well, it is a little bit different than a lot of your other sports. Um, there isn't like a, a regional that you have to – to meet before you can advance to state, but there is a state competition. And so everyone within the state uh, competes um, every year in December. We have state competition, and then there's nationals. There's a couple of different divisions of nationals, but we go to nationals every year in um, January, February, down in Orlando, Florida. Uh, I've been holding my tongue on this, but just so people understand why it's important to speak of you and come into your career uh, is it okay for me to go ahead and tell folks that in your eight years of being the dance coach, you have nine state titles? Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now, I understand that that means that you won in multiple categories of state in the same year. Because, you know, when you have eight years, nine doesn't make sense. That's true. Um, I think our first year that we won a double title was 2017. Uh, so we won in both Palm and Hip Hop that year. And then we won another year, double title for Palm and Hip Hop. And then this past year in 2020, we won for Hip Hop and Game Day. So those were the extra titles you got in there. Wow, that's uh, that's truly impressive. Um, and I can say as a, as a co-worker and getting to watch the girls perform, uh, it is truly amazing and remarkable what y'all did. For the people who might not know it, you know, y'all practiced about every day, hours at a time, working on you know, specific moves, routines, brought in specialized coaching. Uh, the whole nine yards and the girls were just, just soaking it up like a dry sponge. It was truly impressive to watch. Now, the other thing i got to mention here is, is that before you even got into dance, you were actually also very successful in another sport that was more geared towards uh, the musical side, and that was color guard. Is that correct? That is correct. Actually, um, to be a little more accurate, it was Winter Guard that my state titles are in, but I coached the Color Guard and Winter Guard teams. Um, boy, I did that way back in the day for Olive Branch High School, and then I coached South Haven High School's Color Guard and Winter Guard programs, and then in 2009, that was my first year with Center Hills Winter Guard program. So there's three state titles for Winter Guard. Um, all of those come from Center Hill. Uh, and that was like 2009, 11, and 12. If I'm doing it correctly, I know. That means that you've been coaching roughly 14 years total, and you have 12 titles in 14 <laughs> years. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. That, that is correct. So, Makes me sound kind of old, but um, that's uh, correct. 
Well, uh, I don't see it that way. But what I can tell you this is, is that a few weeks back, we talked to Coach Jason Thompson, and we bragged on him as being probably one of the most successful basketball coaches in the state history. I think he's tied for titles with 10. And now when you put this in perspective, you having 12 state titles, um, it shows that maybe, just maybe, you might be the top dance coach or generalized coach in North Mississippi in history. Uh, and so I think that's something we need to research. And if it's true, that is an amazing accolade and you deserve every bit of it. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> now, I have some somber news. I know that you decided that uh, this was your last year, this past year, that you decided to retire from coaching and you have some new endeavors in front of you. So what are some of the new exciting things you're working towards now? Well, I, I originally was going to retire completely this year. And after COVID and sitting on the couch and realizing that sitting around my house was not really for me, um, I decided to go back to school and I'm working on my master's. So I just started that in spring of this year. So I am stepping away from dance uh, to give myself some extra time to do something new. Now, I also understand that you have stepped away from our building as well. And I know that was a very difficult decision. I know you came and told me about it after you had uh, made your call. And uh, you said that this was something that you needed to do uh, to try to give a some air and some space for the new leadership of the dance team and that uh, you needed a school that possibly was an earlier school uh, to help you get into that master's? Yes, that was not an easy decision. I um, I have about 18, 19 years total of working with Center Hill, whether it's Center Hill Elementary or Center Hill High School. They will always have a dear place in my heart. But yes, at Olive Branch, I actually started as a keister. My first year in DeSoto County was at Olive Branch Intermediate School. So this is kind of taking me back to my original spot. And um, yeah, it'll, it's an earlier school. It's going to give me some time to work on, on my school, uh, give me some time with my family. My daughter's going into education as well. So be able to spend some more time with her and just really felt like it, it's also going to give the new program and the new coaches some, some space and breathing room to be able to make their own decisions and do some things on their own without me being right down the hall. They know I'm just a phone call away. I'll always be there to help them and answer questions when they need it. Uh, I got to tell you, it, it took the wind out of my sails when you said you were uh, deciding to make a move. But uh, once you explained it, it makes total sense. And uh, I wish you nothing but absolute happiness and prosperity in the future and your new endeavors moving forward. And I think anybody here who has been a part of a successful program, uh, you want to do right by allowing them to uh, go in their own path. You don't want them to feel like they're being hovered over or, you know, as they saw the old joke of, you know, the helicopter mom kind of situation. Because once right, you're a coach, right, absolutely. You know, once you're a coach, you, ne you never really give up coaching. Um, I know when I gave up coaching and went into administration that first year, being in the same building um, and watching those kids under new leadership, once they had great leadership at that time. Uh, it was just tough because, you know, you, you, you feel like you, you were done it your way and it was successful. And it's, it's just never it's never easy to swallow the idea of being able to not go in there and say, no, you're doing it right or doing it wrong, however you want to say it. And so I totally get it. And so I respect that. And uh, like you said, you'll be down the road and, you, you know, uh, arm's length away, as they say. I've not really mentioned that the reason I even got into the dance program is my own daughter was on the dance team and she went on to. Um, dance for the University of Memphis, but I really thought when I first took on Center Hill, I thought it was just going to be temporary. I was just going to do it while she was in school, and 
long as she was there, I was there. And then she graduated in 2016 and I kept going. Um, and I think that I, I wouldn't have been able to leave and leave in peace until I found a, a good sponsor and a good coach that I could hand them over to. And they've just got a really good team that's going to be helping them now. So I feel like I can leave in peace and leave knowing I'm putting them in good hands and uh, move on to some new new endeavors for myself. Well, Carrie, I can't thank you enough for your time. I, I know that was difficult for you to join us and talk about it. And I know it was very dear to your heart, but I really, really appreciate you and I can't thank you again. Man, you know how much I appreciate you and I just appreciate the, the time to talk. Thanks again, Carrie. Is planning your summer getaway becoming too much of a hassle? Then reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher of Magical Destinations. Whether it's a trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or a tropical getaway, these ladies can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destination is locally owned in Hernando, so give them a call today at 662-469-6304, or you can find them on Facebook or Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. With summer here, are you looking to start renovating? Well, North Mississippi Dumpster is the local business you want to contact. All you have to do is head over to DeSotoDumpsters.com. You'll be able to find all of your pricing and sizing needs. They're open seven days a week and have fantastic prices. They carry 13 and 20 yard roll-off dumpsters that are in great conditions so you don't have an eyesore sitting in your yard or on your job site. They service DeSoto, Tate, Marshall, and Tunica counties. So visit them at DeSotoDumpsters.com or give them a call at 901 901- one two nine nine oh nine sixteen. Are you kidding me? We had somebody that good just kind of sitting here unnoticed. I mean, twelve state championships in fourteen years and three doubles. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, you know, the reality of it is, is that there's a lot of sports in our county, in the state, in the nation that don't get enough recognition as like a true competition. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people look at it as you know our old school. You know, if you're a cheerleader, you're a dancer. You're just supposed to cheer on the team that's actually competing. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so now we're talking about competitions where they are refining their craft and they're doing it and being competitive. And it's recognized in the state. And they get a state championship banner and we hang it up in the gym like anybody else. And so, you know, I think it's just good to highlight sports that are actually out there. A lot of people don't realize are so competitive. I'm willing to bet that our cheer team, our dance team, and a lot of others like around here practice as much, as hard or harder than most of what people consider traditional sports and get no accolades for it. So kudos to these girls. By the way, it's not just girls. Our dance team last year that won the double state title had three or four boys that competed on there as well, which, again, this is opportunities for these kids to get scholarships to college. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had six or seven Division One signees <laughs> That's insane. In, in her career. That's six or seven kids that do not have to pay for their school because of dance. Okay, so you take it what it is. You can schluff it off or say it's not that much or it doesn't count. But these or kids like just got a free education. But, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, one's going to Alabama, Birmingham. Another one's going to Memphis. I know I got another one that's going all the way out to Duke. Well, and I know for a fact Memphis has one of the toughest dance programs in the entire nation. Oh, yeah. What do you call it? The Miss Matthews' daughter, Becca, mm-hmm. made that dance team and has been on it for four years. That's impressive. Because you know like I mean? when I say, like, no joke, like, Memphis's dance squad is... 
it might be the best. Like they're the oh, Alabama, it ranks, and ranks top five nationally. Yeah, yeah like, it's the it's ran by the Nick Saban of dancing. It is I mean, absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah, and so she's so good that she's even like she's going to try out for the Grizz girls. I think. I mean, like, and she's been on them. Yeah. So I mean, like, just, just it's legit. Yeah, bravo! This was a fantastic thing to bring to light, and I couldn't thank you enough for getting her on. Yeah, I'm just happy she joined us. You know, like I said, when we I were say blessed. twisting arm, like it was almost literal. But hey, let's talk about the College Bowl series. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't be excited to be able to watch both of the Mississippi. Oh, wait, Ooh, we're in Omaha, right? Burn, Ole Miss man. at home again? Is, God, is that what we were God, saying? That is cold. Man. Oh, couldn't be happier to see him. I know. I <laughs> we, we might have gotten a little bit of hate mail, and I'm okay with it because, like uh, I said, a little. Yeah, a little. Uh, last week we had over 30 emails talking about why are you talking about Ole Miss like this? Because they deserved it, and you know, I'm sitting on my pedestal looking down at everybody. Hey, look, I appreciate the emails, guys. <laughs> I appreciate the text messages. And I went ahead and forwarded them straight to Cash and let him know, uh, you know, here's what you asked for. This is what you get. But, hey, you know what? It is what it is. This is, this is sports. This is a competition. You're supposed to love your team. He's a Texas man. I got to respect that. But it is sad to see, at least for me, that <laughs> Ole Miss – I wanted both of them to be in Omaha. You know, that way, that trash talking, that competition. Yeah, you that get to do it a little bit longer. Do a bit longer. Sadly, that's not the case. The only thing we're going to be hearing is cowbells moving forward. And I am going to wear a little bit of earmuffs because I can't, I will not be able to stand the sound of cowbells <laughs> as Texas is going to be playing Mississippi State. And I've already got a bet with one of my best friends, Stephen Akins. Thank you for listening. We are going to have a nice lunch bet going on. So I'll let you all know if I'm going to be paying up. There will be photos of everything happening with us. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, when Mississippi State wins the game, I will proudly play some cowbells for the next episode in your honor. Oh, my goodness. If if Mississippi State wins, cowbells may be going on the beginning of, as our intro music. <laughs> like, there's a good chance that I get trolled that hard. Oh, there's no doubt. You have just set the standard. Hey, and feel free to come to lunch with us because Stephen's going to be buying. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Guys, as we said before, we're recording on Friday, so the games start on Saturday. So you will, we will try to keep you updated through our Facebook and Twitter feed. Yes, and the text, The important game is Texas versus Mississippi State, which will be taking place at Sunday, 7 p.m. You can bet I will be watching it and probably live tweeting it if you want to follow. There you go. Now we are on to our debate, which we're going to be doing a little bit differently. It's not that we haven't enjoyed doing the debate questions, but as we said, we've really enjoyed what our brother podcast, Under the Water Tower, is doing, reliving certain years and certain topics and movies and music. But, you know, we've got to put our own spin on things. And something that has always been huge to me is Mount Rushmore, because everyone's like, give me your top three, give me your top five. I'm a man of compromise. Top four, it gives you that one extra person to where you're still wanting a little bit more, but you get that extra person to sneak in. Well, it's just unique. You yeah. know I mean, nobody ever says, give me your top four. No. Nobody but, ever says, give me your top six. So let's just be us. Let's yeah. be and, Pod. And Mount Rushmore is just so iconic. It's that nice middle number, and you can have a lot of fun with it whenever you're doing Photoshop and stuff. Oh, there's no doubt. So, guys, from this point forward, we're going to try to do a debate all summer, and basically we're going to be picking four things that we can chisel out on the side of the mountain to be our new Mount Rushmore for whatever the topic is. But we're also going to do what we call the grassy knoll of honorable mention. And these are those <laughs> folks that are sniping from the hill, hoping to be chiseled in on the next mountain. Yeah. And so we're going to start off with our grassy knoll. We each got about four people or so that we're going to just give a nice honorable mention because, well, like it's hard to pick four of with this anything. Topic. Yeah, yeah, with this topic. So our initial uh, debate, our initial debate topic is going to be who are the four top action 
actors from the 80s 90s all the way to current today yep and now some top ones that like aren't even going to be able to be an honorable mention just because their careers aren't there like you know they just don't have that length they don't have the nice full rounded career that you want like some of these people are going to have i'm probably going to call them the honorable honorable mention yeah you know it's just like <laughs> keep an eye out for put out there yeah like someone like dave batista who really has potential. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But, Are you starting off already? No, no, no that, that's like the honorable, honorable mention. It was like, you know, I, I've thought about him. I wanted to put him in that grassy knoll. But then I looked at it. It was like, you've got like three movies. Okay. And like two of which it. you're the headliner. All you right, know? Well, let's start with that. All right. So your honorable, honorable mention, which is distant. Not even on the grassy knoll. You say David Batista. Yep. All right. I'm going to give you one. You okay. ready? My I'm first ready. one, Harrison Ford. 78 years old. Done several good movies. Yeah, I mean, he's not really the headliner for anything, but he's been in a lot of How good things. How dare you? Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, Temple of Doom? I'm not really considering that I like mean, an Blade action Runner? necessarily movie I mean, for... Star Wars? These are... He does he's not action. the headliner for Star Wars, though. Like, okay. I mean... I, I mean, okay. I mean, to me, Blade Runner, he's the head guy. Indiana Jones, he's the head guy. But you know, Indiana Jones, like, I'm not really considering that necessarily like an action movie. <laughs> you know, that's kind of like saying Nicolas Cage's... Uh, the National Treasure is an action movie. Oh, well, then you're going to hate my next one. All right, let's hear it. Sean Connery. No, I, re- I really wanted to put him in the grassy knoll. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I, I had him on my list. You know, you got The Rock. You got James Bond. A yeah. whole lot of that stuff. And it's just like, I, you're just not there. Yeah, well, to me, like, when you talk about 80s and 90s, like, his stuff for Bond is 70, you know, mm-hmm. like that. He was the original, you know. So I don't really can't count the Bonds that I, I really like, you know. But like I was thinking about The Rock, yep. you know, I think about things like that, um, Indiana Jones, uh, you know, you got a lot of stuff, good stuff. Well, and speaking of Bond, you, you might hate me, Daniel Craig, he, he's in there for me. He just doesn't have enough didn't of the movies. Didn't even sniff my list. Really? <laughs> didn't even sniff it. Not have even. you not seen Casino Royale or Quantum of Solace? I've seen it. Skyfall? Give me something other than a Bond movie. Layer Cake. One what? of the best movies I've ever seen. Nobody, Don't tell me you've never seen it. Nobody's ever heard of that. Oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> I'm about to Google this. I have no idea what you're talking about. This is one of the best movies you'll ever watch. You are welcome. And uh, then, I mean, like you've got uh, Knives Out, the detective movie. That's not, not even action. It's not. It's just a great and movie. And he just speaks in his Daniel Craigness. accent. Oh, you know? no, how dare you? It's more comedy mystery than any action. Well, look, how dare it, you put him on the list? Look, if you do these labor-intensive James Bond movies, and you are that iconic of a character... You, you deserve. Might, you might as well have just put. Um, you might as well put Pierce Brosnan on there. How dare you? How dare you? I <laughs> said labor do, intensive. You're, you're going to do Bond guys. Look, <laughs> he he might get a little bit of credit for the Golden Eye game. That's it. How dare you try to throw Pierce <laughs> Brosnan? Timothy Dalton. If you're going to throw Bond oh guys, oh my you're... god, get out of here! <laughs> like, All right, here's my next one. You ready for this? And I want to dare you. Now he really could be in the top eight, but when you see my top eight, you okay, know, you know, like that. How about Kurt Russell? That's a good one. Like he he really is Jake Bliskin, baby. <laughs> Hateful Eight, come on, there's a lot of them. Come on. No, I I agree with you, and I mean this one things like that made me want to put John Travolta in there, and I know like, <laughs> hey, you just say face off actor John Travolta. Absolutely, shame on you. Yeah, Pulp Fiction. Uh, yeah, if I could reach you, I'd hit you right. Battlefield now. Earth. <laughs> How dare you mention that atrocity? <laughs> that is eye punishment. It, it really is. <laughs> the worst movie ever made. But I mean, there there was so many people like Jackie Chan, but like he just didn't have whoa, the. Whoa. Now you've dipped into my zone. Now, 
I, oh, is he in your grassy knoll? He is on the top of my grassy knoll. Really? That's I, right. 66-year-old Jackie Chan. See, I had him initially on Mount Rushmore just because, like, when you think action, you think Jackie Chan. But then it was... Go ahead and name five Jackie Chan films off the top of your head. And it, Shanghai Nights, Shanghai Nights Two. Yeah, I mean, you know, like th- those are the Rush movies. Hour, Rush Hour Two, Rush, Rush Hour, Hour Three. <laughs> and you're just like, and so like as soon as I started going through his movies and everything, it was just like, you are the top of the top, but your acting isn't really great. And I love all your stunts. I want to give you a little bit of recognition, but you're just not there. So I have to remember, you know, when you think about the '80s and '90s, he did probably 50 action movies that we don't know no about bad. because it's international star mm-hmm. and everything else. And so you're talking about a guy who's transcendent amongst all cultures, international like that. That's why I had to put him in my top eight. No, That's why I made and, the top of my grassy knoll. And, you know, I, I wanted to mention him, but then as soon as I broke it down, because I had this argument with my brother, we're going back and forth. You know, I was trying to prepare and uh, I had him. And then he started saying that. And like, just like you, he said, name me five movies. I was like, Shanghai Noon, Shanghai Nights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and you see, those, those are action, but they're also just as much comedy. Yes. You know what I mean? So that's what hurts it when it comes to our market. And he has come through later, like especially the last couple of years, with some solo movies that were really intense. But again, I couldn't name you them. <laughs> yeah, like they just don't they don't carry the marquee, you know, and I get that. So that's what that's why I said he's on my honorable mention. All right, so my last honorable honorable mention, which you might not be happy about this, and that is Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh, see, he's in my grassy knoll. Oh, uh, he, there was just I'm so okay many things. I'm okay with that because it was so tight. He is the top of my honorable honorable mention. Universal Soldier. A Universal Soldier. Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, the guy, a Universal. I mean, like, like you said, Universal Soldier is one of my favorite movies he's ever done. Yes. You know, what I mean? like, and it, I mean, it ranks as one of my favorite action movies. A lot of people don't realize it, but I mean, like, it, it was really well done for its time. And he was able to normalize him instead of all those theatrics that he does. A lot Over of the top, yeah, the I voicing mean, like, that he does yeah, that just like, doesn't necessarily sit right. But, I mean, that's part of the charm of a lot of the 80s uh, action oh, yeah. movies. Well, that's the deal. 80s, 90s action was its own time frame. Yep. I don't think we'll ever be able to come back to that style of one man wrecking crew, changes the entire deal. You know, today people don't accept that like they used to. That didn't. That's not a. That's not a box office grab now. Now it's just too cheese ball. As painful as it is to say, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, I know. Like, but there are so many iconic '80s, '90s, and closer to 2000s action movies that are just phenomenal. Yep. And you can watch today. They still hold water. All right. So I'm done with all four of my honorable mentions. You got any more? No, I think we're good. I think we can just right. go ahead and move into the grassy knoll. All right. Well, you've already mentioned one of mine, which was Jackie Tan. So you got Jackie one? Tan. I'm sorry, right. Jackie Chan. Okay. And so the one of mine, like I, I just threw him in the grassy knoll. Like, I, I didn't want to rank. Well, I've got three in the grassy knoll, and then I've got one that will probably end the podcast between us. Sitting at the top of my grassy knoll. <laughs> yeah, you better hold it. I got a good idea who this is, too. So one of the first people in my grassy knoll is Wesley Snipes. Are you kidding me? Art of War? Blade? Like This is name, the man that started name Marvel. Movie. Name another movie. Hey, look. Th- those are the only name three he needed. Name he, one more. He has the entire Blade franchise. Your opinion Art of has War, just turned to do Art of War 2. Just do do. Like, who has watched Art of War? How have you not have watched you Art of War? It? Wait, what? What were you, you doing growing up? You mean he was able up? to make movies between being high? Like, look, just because he didn't pay his taxes didn't mean that he wasn't Dude, somebody that went through one everything he good needed. Action movie that's Blade. After that, give me a break. I I, I can't even deal with you I, right I'm now. I'm just I'm embarrassed that you used that name. I, I'm, I'm just embarrassed. embarrassed that you haven't even seen Art of War and you claim to love all of these 80s, 90s amazing uh, action I, films. I, I enjoy good 80s and 90s action movies, not 
anything Art of War that has Wesley Snipes as a lead. You're going to watch this and just be like, man, that was one of the best action movies I've ever seen in my life. And then this is the man that kickstarted. Mario Peoples is a good action star from the 80s and 90s. He's B-rate at best. This is a person that kickstarted the entire Marvel franchise with Blade. You keep telling yourself that. I I will. Because I am correct. Whatever. All right. My next honorable mention. Are you ready? Yep. Well, Tom I mean, not Cruz is going to be on my honorable mention. Degrassi, no, really? Yes, he no. Is. Like this man is in my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. I See, can... this is what I like because we've got like a nice like ten year age gap that yes. changes how we view certain people in the okay. films that the impact they had. See, like Tom Cruise is fifty eight years old, and he's made you know a lot of good movies. I'll give him that. We've got everything from Mummy, Jack Reacher, which is more current stuff. Mm-hmm. Go back to Top Gun. He's made, um, what's the The entire Mission Impossible franchise. I'll give you those like that. But, and don't get me wrong, he's a high grossing actor. The Last Samurai. I give you all that. 100%. He's he's up there. He is right there at the top of my, you know, my sniper hill. You want to call it Grassy Knoll. But when I. And that's Jack Reacher. He can make that shot. You're right. (laughs) But I'm just saying from. From when you look at my top four, you mm-hmm. can understand why he's number five or number six. No, I mean, I, I understand he doesn't necessarily always have the fighting chops to kind of put you into that Mount Rushmore. And But to me, for the impact he had on action films and even continuing to do your own stunts, then with everything that happened in the last Mission Impossible, like he's like, what, 5-4 nothing? And he's fighting you with Henry Cavill? Given, you might have given him Yeah, I mean... And, like, don't get me wrong, he gets his butt whooped by Henry Cavill. But the fact that you're even able to go in there and do those stunts with it, I mean, when you see that man doing The Witcher and look at as big as he is. Don't like, talk about that series. Ugh. It's a bad series. But, I mean, there was just so much that Tom Cruise had. Like you said, he's it a headliner. Sucked. He's made all of the money. You'll go see an action movie just because he's in it. And I, that's I something you. that matters to me. Look, I hear you. I, I don't have a – it's truly just an opinionation on that yeah. one. Because, I mean, like, he has the credentials. The resume is there to be chiseled. On the Mount Rushmore. And, There's no doubt. And to me, he's number four. So, I mean, I can understand why he's getting sniped out of it for you. Okay. Got one for you. You ready? Let's hear it. Chuck Norris, baby. How dare you? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, are you trying to say Walker, Texas Ranger is on the Mount Rushmore here? No. He's on the sniping hill only because of the 80s and 90s. You is he even sniping? Is he just holding a revolver out there? <laughs> like, is he just... He's actually 80 years old. And so unless he has his bow flex, he's probably in a wheelchair <laughs> And, you know, and having somebody else hold in the rifle for him. But, you know, I'm just one of those guys that knew like 400 Chuck Norris jokes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, he was iconic. When you think of action stars, really, really think about action stars during the genre of actor stars, he's kind of considered like the grandfather of it all into my work because he was truly the beginning of the one man wrecking crew movie series delta Dang. force all the you know the I mean, the guy fought bruce lee in movies i mean come on that's why i gave him that much credit to me like he doesn't have the money made because he made movies back in the 80s yep. so his numbers will never compare even if you put inflation inflation on all that kind of stuff you got to put him somewhere on here just because this is the guy that like you say wesley snipe started marvel to my opinion Chuck Norris really started the one-man wrecking crew of what we consider an 80s, 90s, and on action actor. I didn't even think about him. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Just, there he didn't even cross my mind. There are people that are right now sharpening sticks and putting tar on the end of them to start lighting them up to come after you. Because how do you forget about Chuck Norris? Yeah, they're probably looking it up in a phone book, too. Because <laughs> that, that's where this movie belongs. It's so all the way back there. That's cool. All right. So, give, me, give me another honorable mention. Jet Li. Like, this is somebody that had a little bit higher of the movies grossed in America. So was still doing all of his own stunts. 
And a lot of his movies were bad. I'm not going to lie. But they were so enjoyable. And there wasn't ever a movie by Jet Li that I didn't watch. And so, so he got me to go to the movies. Jet Li, the movies I know about Jet Li, he's not the star. He's always the secondary character or a villain. I remember when we did Lethal Weapon series and he was the bad guy one time <laughs> and that was great. I remember when he was Dog in that terrible movie where, you know, he was like an unleashed and, animal, you know. But see, yeah, at least he's the lead there, yeah. It, you know, but it was such a cheeseball movie. Don't get me wrong, his stunts and action is fantastic and stuff like that, but he's not a headliner. He's not even, he's not close. To me, he's number 12, 15 on the list. To me, like seeing all the things that he did and that's why I wanted to put Jackie Chan up there, but I feel like Jackie Chan was the grandfather that wasn't able to get the recognition but he was able to pass it on to his grandson and i feel like Jet Li took that the one he had plenty of battles with the next person or on my uh, grassy knoll who i'll just go ahead and say jason satham sitting there you want to talk about oh. somebody who's been complete career is the headliner done nothing but action he's got the good the bad and the ugly when it comes down to all of it he, he's made the money oh, yeah. uh, it, yeah. it, it hurts but when you sit and look at his whole career the man's an action star. Transporter series revolutionized a lot of it. Like he actually did the one man wrecking crew correct, unlike uh, Chuck Norris. Yeah, I get that he is on your list, but he doesn't sprinkle my fifteen. He just does. Hey. I mean, don't get me wrong. He has credit. Don't get me wrong. I think he has. I mean, cool he's part factor. of the Expendables with he's, a lot of the he's same. He's got franchise. all that. Yeah, don't get me wrong. He's in there, but think about all the other actors that are in Expendables. There's a lot of them that could have yeah. similar cases. Could yeah. have, but he has it. Right. And I mean, it you hurts. Have to remember, you have to remember, though, Transporter series when it came out was not an A-list movie. It ended up becoming a cult classic because it was, again, trying to bring back the 80s, 90s action. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't a box office blowout like a lot of the guys that are going to be on my top four. Now, don't get me wrong. He was successful yep. in action, but he's never been the guy who goes, oh, because he's in a movie, it's going to be through the roof. A good example, a movie just came mm-hmm. out, Wrath of Man. And it did very so-so at the theater, and he was by far the lead action hero movie, and it did meh. I don't know if we can, but I mean, right now it's still hard to say. COVID was still going on. Movie theaters are in a little bit of a turmoil. I understand why you want to put that flop on him, but when you got Guy Ritchie, fantastic movie, great premise, just I don't know how many people are going to movie theaters because you had so many top hits. People just want to sit at home and stream it. So I don't know. To me, hey, like I, notoriety brings it. Hey, you got or not. Hobbs and Shaw did just as good as any Fast and Furious movie. And for as bad as those are, like <laughs> they bring in the money. Yeah. By the way, those that came out today, you know, Friday, that is the next Fast and Furious did drop today. Did it really? Sure did. I did not realize Fast Nine. Yeah, and out. I will cuss you if you say Vin Diesel is anywhere on your list. I wanted to. I, I really wanted to put <laughs> him just in an honor mission. Me. And <laughs> I was talked out of the Chronicles of Riddick not being necessarily an action series, more of a thriller with him just kind of being an action character in there. And that character, Riddick, was the premise for any debate I had. So, unfortunately, I will not be able to put Vin Diesel in my grassy knoll as I only have one more person. Do you you hear that? Do you hear that? That's the audience clapping right now. Their cars, their ear pods, and everywhere else. Get out. Get out. All right, what's the last of your grassy you know? Before I get stabbed, I do want to say, like, is there a thing for, like, just side villains or something? Because I was watching another movie, and Common is, like, a character that is in so many movies that I just, I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, Smoking Aces, the John Wick series, 
and that hey. man just pops up as a villain. And he, and does well. He, he, he does. And like, that's he's, he's that's a niche actor though. What, what do you it. do with that? Like, is there a category for that? Just random side just guy? Niche, <laughs> niche actor. That's just what it is. You know, you, right. you, you just type it what it is. But all right, go ahead so, and hit us the name. So, so and, and, grab, and, hold on, let me grab something. Do, do you have all of your grassy knoll out of the way? I think all you still got my one gra- more. Well, actually, I have one left. I put Mel Gibson on my grassy knoll. Oh, man. He, he should have been in my grassy knoll. He, he's not on my Mount Rushmore, but I mean, Mel Gibson is he is a good one. Think about it now. Patriot. Yep. Braveheart. Lethal Weapon series. I mean, there, he's got a whole litany of, right. of, of true one-man wrecking ball. Great. Patriot could have gone. The reason he's not in the top four, truly. Is because some of his best, like Patriot and Braveheart, they're more of a yes, he's action and he's mm-hmm. a go getter, but that's not the intent of the movie. Well, and Patriot's like three hours long, and it, it, Braveheart's it, longer. It, like it, both of those could have gone very wrong, but they didn't because he actually has acting chops, and they lean on that more so than the action. Yes, and also now that we've seen Mel Gibson's life and career kind of unfold, I don't know if he was acting. Like, I think he was just that kind of a crazy person that's going to go yelling at you and maybe even come and swing an axe at you. You know, he deserved to be there. He's got some of the most iconic films that are very action-packed. So, I had to put him there. Yep. And right, uh, so, now we're going to go into Zach's Mount Rushmore with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger just uh, <laughs> sitting ready to blow up as the Terminator, my grassy knoll. All right. So, my number one, number one, not afraid to say it, is Arnold Schwarzenegger. My iconic guy. This was my guy growing up. This is the number one. And I'll have you this. I went to Google, and I went to several different search engines, (laughs) and I typed in top action actor. That's all I put in the search like that. It was just an Arnold fan page. Every single one. And I'm talking nine different search criteria of nine different websites. Guess who the number one picture was? Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I get it. Bar none. And I love most of his movies, but I guess just when I was watching them, they just didn't have the same impact to me. And going back, he really started his really his iconic roles of really started was 84, which mm -hmm. is like Terminator. Predator came out in 87. Right before or after that was Commando. And then he had a couple of little duds like Raw Deal and a few others. But then he got into 91 was T2. By that time, he was the highest paid actor in history. Okay. Had grossed yep. more money as an action star, top-rated, R-rated movie in history, and that record held for a long, long time. Well, and to me, like you still haven't even named Conan. Well, and... that's the thing, but like he didn't actually get his pinnacle until he actually got into the more modern movies. Yeah, like, in the early '80s, he was doing Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Destroyer. The muscles from Austria was knocking it out, <laughs> man. You know what I mean? But so I'm just saying, like. The guy knew what he was doing. Yep. You know, he made more money. He uh, he profit shared. He was one of the first actors to do a lot of profit sharing. Like, he took percentages of gross, knowing that if he brought his name to it, whatever it would do. Don't get wrong. After T2 in 1991, that was truly the pinnacle of his career. Mm-hmm. He made several movies up and down. But this guy also became governor. Two terms. Not a uh, governor. A governator. Governator. That's right. And almost had a comic book series written after him. He's got all kinds of... And look, I don't think Expendables works if he's not the one kind of... Oh, yeah, Trench. Come yeah. on, man. I mean, like, if you didn't have him in here with all of those names, it was kind of, eh. But, so, to me, there is no question. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the ultimate. He is the first pitcher. He is the George Washington of <laughs> Mount Rushmore. That is Arnold Schwarzenegger's face. And my George Washington is Bruce Willis. I I can understand why some people don't, but there's, there's We're not gonna so many die hard. He made my top four. Yeah. I mean, like... Um, to me, like... I, I don't know how he couldn't. He's just got too much. There's just too much under the resume. And the guy is quintessential action star. 
if you're going to tell me other, don't get me wrong, there are a couple movies that he is truly, truly known. His most notable movie of all time is a debate between Die Hard and The Sixth Sense. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, completely different movies. You know, John McClane out here. You know, yeah. I mean, so uh, quick side debate. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes, without a doubt, 100%. See, uh, the guys in Underwater Tower, they said no. They're just wrong. I, I was like, uh, yes, it might have come out in the middle of summer. I don't care. Yeah. You name the three movies you have to watch every Christmas season, every single time. Well, number one, one Die Hard. Die Hard's one. That's not number one, though. It's National Anthem's uh, Christmas Vacation is number one. Okay. Then you have Die Hard, and then you have your third, your sentimental movie. I always call it your sentimental because everybody has a different Christmas movie they grew up with. It could be Miracle on 34th Street. It could be whatever. Frosty Snowman. That's it for me. Exactly. So there's always that one sentimental. And I think that's also based on your age when you grow up. You know, To me, I'm going to watch Die Hard and I'm going to watch Christmas Vacation. It's guaranteed. You can check my Facebook page. Every year, right on Christmas Eve, those two movies go across the Sims TV. It might not be geared towards a Christmas movie. But it's a Christmas movie. But it is considered Christmas because that is when it is most watched. And still today, it has this higher viewership. Yeah, Christmas. Because you don't even have to own it. It's going to pop up on TNT, TBS, yeah, FX. It's everywhere. You know why? Because it's a Christmas movie. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. I, it's a man's Christmas movie. I'm not afraid <laughs> to say it. Even though my wife does enjoy watching it. So that's two of my four okay. on, the, on the mountain. What do you got? Who, you, so I've heard one of yours. This, this is probably going to get some eye rolls and everything, but good old Keanu Reeves. I share your same opinion, sir. Really? He is my number three. I did not expect you to have him on there. But I'm sorry. I, mean, I had a lot of debates it. with people. They're like, you can't put Keanu on there. I was just like, look, I'm first sorry. off, when you got Johnny Utah back there dropping back and Patrick Swayze, which how we didn't give any respect to Patrick Swayze, shame on us. You know, I'm sorry. I mean, like, well, there's like Roadhouse even, being iconic. Even in the honorable, honorable mention. Swayze should have been in there somewhere for us. It would have been more of a tribute to okay. Swayze. Not, a, not not an honorable mention. I mean, like I said, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people out there who sit naked with peanut butter in one hand and, a, and another and watch Roadhouse every day and because that's their life. You know, I get that. Other than Roadhouse, I mean, you think about some of this stuff. Swayze, Ghost, yeah. you know, Black Dog, all these other things. Just, he's all over the map like that. Not in a bad way, but he was not a one-stop wrecking ball. He had one iconic movie. That was staple to him for the rest of his life, which go your own. Yeah. It's a great one to have staple to you. Uh, but no, he was not a one man wrecking crew style. I mean, like he had some other great movies next to Ken, which is fantastic. Believe it or not, had Liam Neeson was one of his yeah. first big acting chops. God, as the brother. Like, I, I can't tell you how much I hate Liam Neeson and Liam Neeson action films. Like I understand the, I still like taken man. Like, that, that one wasn't filmed as poorly as the other ones did. And I understand yeah, he's like 65 years grabs, old and everything, but grabs. when it takes 14 screen cuts to get over a fence, I'm just done with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you. All right, so but, I mean, piano you, is a good choice. You've man. got Matrix, One, you've got Speed, agreed. you've got John Wick, like to still Enough be going said. this and getting better. Like, Enough said. Enough said. And so we've already got my Tom Cruise. So we've each got three of our Mount Rushmores on and there. If we don't share the last one, I'm gonna be in shock. Uh, we'll we'll see. That would be Sly Stallone. We'll so we're shocked. Uh, like uh, I've got a different one. What? Yeah. How do you not have John Rambo? How do you not have Rocky Balboa? How do you not have the Expendables? How do you not have this guy? I prefer. I, I mean, those small scale things are nice. You know, small saving a city. Scale. But mm. there's something about saving the Earth with from aliens. There's a certain invasion that happens on the Fourth of July. Yeah, I Will Smith. To, I swear to God, if you say, I'm Will done with Smith. you. I am absolutely done. You have the worst opinion when you put this Bad out. Bad Boys? <laughs> Bad Boys 2? That's a comedy. 
That is an action film. When you're walking that around with dual deagles, like, come on, baby. I am appalled that you have put Will Smith. He didn't even sniff my top twenty-five. I robot. How oh my put, goodness. How do you put? How do you put him there and not Denzel? Wesley Snipes makes more sense than him being there. No, I mean because when oh. you talk about when you talk oh. about pure gross money, you want to talk about uh, I'm going to go see a movie because this man's in it. It's oh, Will Smith. There's, there's more movies that I don't watch because he's in it than I do watch that he's in it. How dare you? I'm sorry. He's like, got some great stuff, but nothing because he's just the action guru. Think about Hancock. <laughs> I mean, think about some of the other stuff. His good stuff is well, because he's dramatic. Independence Day. Was great then. You watch it now; it is laughable. It's no. laughable. It doesn't no. even hold water. It, man, it's like a screen door on a submarine. How dare you? I mean, screen door on a submarine. God, man, <laughs> no, uh, we'll, we'll Smith's up there. He, he's got everything that you yeah. want to check the boxes. Man, God, I mean, like, ugh. Now, the one person I'm surprised on the one of us had was good old Marky Mark. Okay, I'm about to turn that computer off. Hey, how I, dare you? I mean, I'm sorry. He did not lead the Transformers series. He did not like that. I don't think anyone could have led the Transformers. What was that that action movie he did where he was the last one? Hey, Uh, the Ice Spencer or Ice Spencer, whatever that Netflix movie or Spence Confidential. That was actually pretty decent. I'm sorry. Uh, Hey, I I, I I get get Marky Mark and he does great stuff like that and everything else, but he has to be surrounded by something that keeps your attention. I couldn't agree with you solo by himself as a lead to do a one-man wrecking crew, negative. Absolutely not. You think about his biggest marquee movies. There is a big genre around it. Transformers. Uh, how you know, do you? How are you linking him with Transformers? Well, just he did over the last over... two or three. I mean, I get it, but did anyone watch the last two or three? I don't think so. Sadly, I did watch, and I, like I said, eye punishment. Yeah, yeah. like did you lose a bet remember, and have to watch it? Pain and gain, gain and pain. What was that other one where they did The Rock? I mean, like yeah. I'm surprised people are like, why did y'all mention The Rock? The Rock like, is just, he's just not an action hero I mean, to me like, or anything. Wrong. I mean, like he does as many comedies as he does want to be action movies but even then it's not really trying to be geared towards being a one-man wrecking crew style of action guy yeah like not, I, I, batista has more one-man wrecking crew style accolades to him yeah. than i think rock does and don't think don't forget the if, scorpion king i'm oh, sorry just with him being a part of that on your resume oh, cringeworthy which, I, which I, I think batista might have done a scorpion king <laughs> now, that, now that we mentioned it but if you haven't seen stuber or the uh, My Spy, oh, both so of those great, are great. Stuber's fantastic, fantastic movies. adult comedy. But My Spy is great family oriented comedy. Yeah, the so. fact that he can range between both of them and be just as funny, like absolutely mind blowing for somebody stuff. like him. Good stuff. Hey, you know what? I know it was a great debate. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, go think- ahead, email us. Let let Zach know why I won and I have the better <laughs> Mount Rushmore because I, I know that's what we're all going to say. Or go ahead and vote on the episode that we release. You'll see us, and then whoever wins will put their Mount Rushmore as a photo or something like that. Yeah, we're we'll gonna have, have a lot of fun with, with these. Send, send it to us. Tell us what you really think. Yeah, tell let us, us know what idiots. yours is. Like, yeah. I mean, we want to talk to y'all and hear about the community. So go ahead, let us know your wrong opinions because we are here for it. <laughs> Now, guys, next week, we're going to continue this. We want to make it equal and fair. We're also going to do female actor. I'm already looking at the chops. I know we've got yeah. so many great actresses it's that we can roll stuff, with. It's going to be good stuff, you know, so I'm looking forward to it. And so we'll try to do that next week. And But, guys, I hope you really enjoyed the episode. I hope you enjoyed our long movie uh, comparison of actors and so on. But that's who we are. We used to do podcasts about TVs and movies, so it's a true passion and jam for us. Uh, but make sure you're always checking out our brother podcast. That is UTW, which is Under the Water Tower podcast. Which out of Hernando, they do a fantastic job doing a lot of similar content. As well as make sure you check us out on Facebook and Twitter under OB Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And well, like we said before, 
dobpodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to those many, many emails, especially like last week when y'all were hating on cash. Absolutely <laughs> love it. I'm here for it again because Texas is going to be taking down Mississippi State. So go ahead, bring blah, it on, send those emails. Blah, blah. Anyway, guys, as always, make sure you give us a positive review if you enjoy what you're listening, and make sure you share our podcast information with your friends. Guys, again, if you heard one of our advertisers on the show, please give them a listen or consider their business, their services they offer. They do a lot of great things for our community. They do a lot of great community building, uh, and that means a lot to us because they help make sure our podcast is available for you. So please check those out. We call it a week, and I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. We'll see y'all week.